Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Glad that you are here today, and you are here on a great week, uh, not because I'm standing on stage. That was the worst way to start. I never should have said that. Uh, In a minute, I'm going to talk about filters and how I don't have one, and that was a great example of that. I did not intend for that to happen, so there we go. No, I'm glad you're here today because we are wrapping up uh, our series that we're calling Protect This House, and we're talking about uh, families. We're going to talk about family relationships, and if you haven't been here the previous two weeks, I want to encourage you to go back online, springwell.org, and watch those messages. Two incredible messages. Uh, week one was all about blended families, and um, that was a great one. We had a great response from that, and I think that if you had, didn't see that, I want to encourage you to go back and watch that. And then go back and watch last week. We talked about unsent messages and how we... Um, take advantage of those relationships that we have in our families. And today we're going to wrap this series up. And as we wrap it up, we're going to talk um, from this thought, making memories. We're going to talk about making memories. Now, the struggle for some of us is our definition of making a memory. For some of us with our families, we think that making a memory requires us to spend a ton of money. For some of us, we think the way that I can create this incredible memory for my family is to have to take out another mortgage on my house in order to do this thing. For some of us, it's this thought of making a memory is focused in how far we travel away from home or how often we travel away from home. For some of us, it's how many likes we get when we post the pictures about these memories that we have with our family. And Truth be told, for some of us, that really is not just even the likes on that moment. It's about how many people like it, and they are jealous about the memory that we've made with our family, if we're honest with that sometimes. I think that there are some of us who have this thought that our memories are made based on the number of arguments that we have when that memory is being made. For some of us, it's the lack thereof. For some of us, it's like, it's not a good one unless we're arguing the entire time. And for those of you who have ever been on vacation with kids. Okay, now you laugh because you get it. You understand it, okay? Uh, no, every, but here's what I want you to think about. This is uh, one of the things that I have been learning over the last two years that God has been showing me. And this, that is every memory begins with a moment. Every memory begins with a moment. Um, some of those moments are scripted. You, you almost can't get away from them in some of those things. There are, you know, like going on a trip or buying a gift or um, just doing something together with a family and scheduling that. It's scripted. Truth is, is that we try to help script some of those things for your family. If you don't spend much time in our family ministry building next door, uh, we actually have a wall in our lobby that is dedicated to this idea that on average, we only get a certain amount of time every year with your child. However, you have literally thousands of hours that you get to spend with your child. So we have this resource wall where we help script these moments for your family. 
um, family nights that we do. We have these cards that have 21 questions to get to know your child. And that's literally preschool, elementary, middle school, and high school. Because let's be honest, sometimes, especially when we get to middle school, you're like, do I want to get to know my kid? But, you know, we kind of need to do that. No, we need to have those conversations. We try to do that, and we try to help script that so that you can help create those memories. And if you've never seen any of those things or experienced any of those kind of things, we actually kind of have a display set up in the lobby today to remind you that some of those things are available for those scripted memories. But at the same time, some of them aren't. And that's why we have a set up in the lobby today to remind you that creating a memory with your family literally happens in a moment. In a moment that sometimes can seem random, in a moment sometimes that seems seemingly meaningless. But what I've realized over the last couple years is that those moments that become memories happen based on the relationship that we have with the other people who are inside that moment with us. Uh, I, I don't know what you guys were doing two years ago. Um, I don't know if you know there was a pandemic that we're still in. If you haven't heard about that, congratulations. Somehow you stayed out of the loop for two years. Well done. Um, you obviously never turned on the TV. You never saw it. Okay, stop, Brian. Listen, I'm not going to keep going. All right, we're going to stop there. No, the, um, there was this pandemic, right? I think we, a lot of us would say that our life was affected in 2020 by this pandemic. At that same time, the pandemic actually wasn't the thing that was affecting our family the most. Um, actually, what was affecting our family the most, literally this, this time, two years ago, wasn't a pandemic. Um, it was some health issues that I started having. Um, the first of which actually manifested itself while I was standing on this stage one Sunday morning. A lot of people probably didn't know that, wouldn't have known that. But over the next couple of days, I found myself in the emergency room because I woke up that Tuesday morning and started to go wake my daughter up for school, and I couldn't talk. What actually happened was, actually, I would call it talking was more like... Uh, gibberish. Like I started to speak and it was just like, like whatever it was, just some random sound. I knew what I wanted to say in my head, but it wouldn't come out. And this happened literally for weeks. Um, it took about nine months to figure out what was going on. And thankfully now we have all of that under control. And some of you are even sitting there now and you're going, oh, that explains it. Like I get that. That's, no, it's, it's not now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, so there was a lot of stuff that was happening in our family. So you take and you pile all of that up. There's pandemics going on. Well, so when the world shut down and everybody was like, oh, no, we can't go anywhere and do anything, I was like, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to go be around people. It's kind of how it felt. But I remember when some restrictions were a little bit starting to get lifted and those kind of things that we decided to go back out because restaurants were open at this point. And even then, I was having this issue where I would think it, and I would have a word in my head that I want to say, or a phrase that I would want to say, and it would come out something completely different. Or it would come out something similar, which actually made it, in some cases, funnier. In other cases, it was almost more frustrating. So at this point, we decided we were going to go out and eat. And we went to Cracker Barrel, because that's what we do. 
And the reason we do that is because my wife loves the cornbread at Cracker Barrel. And you know the saying, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. So we go to Cracker Barrel and we get cornbread. That's what we do. So we did that and we're on Woodruff Road. And we start to leave and we realized that some stores were open. So we were like, hey, let's go across Woodruff Road and head over to the shops that are over there. That's what we decided. By the way, greatest time ever to be on Woodruff Road because no one wanted to be anywhere, so you could go anywhere you wanted to do. It was awesome. It was fantastic. So we got ready to go across, and I remember making this statement in the car. In my mind, this was the statement that I was making. How about we go to Marshall's? What came out of my mouth was, how about we go to Marshmallow's? It's okay. You can laugh. We did. It's all right. It's okay. Like, don't worry about that. No, in the moment, that was what I said, and I was just like full on, and I was like, let's go to Marshmallow's. In that moment, I look at my wife, Michelle, and she kind of cuts her eyes and looks at me like, what are you doing? And there I hear our daughter, Hannah, who at that point was in third grade. And the laugh has changed a little bit over time, but at that point in time, she had this really infectious belly laugh. That even though she was like third grade, that when she heard something really funny, it turned into this. (laughs) Like, that's what it turned into. That's what I heard from the back seat. I said, how about we go to Marshmallows? And the response is, <laughs> Marshmallows. Like she just laughed at me. In that moment, since that happened, and I know some of you are sitting there going, that's not really that funny to me. Well, in the moment it was, so it's become kind of an inside joke that I'm letting you on with our family. But since that time, that moment has become a memory for us. It has become this topic of conversation. It's become this continuous punchline every time I say something wrong or anyone in our family misspeaks. Truth is, the moment that led to that memory was not the greatest moment in the world. It was in one of the most difficult seasons that our nation and our world has seen in a really long time. Our family was in a difficult season, still not knowing what was going on with me, and I was still trying to kind of recover from whatever it was that was happening, and it was a struggle. There was frustration that the one thing that I felt like I could do because I feel like I can communicate, I've been gifted with the ability to communicate with people, is not being able to adequately communicate with people, so there was frustration from that. But today I want to show you why I believe that that moment has become such a memory for our family and how I think the same thing can happen with, in your family as well. So today I want us to, to be focusing on Philippians chapter 2. This is uh, a letter that um, the Apostle Paul wrote uh, in the New Testament to some believers in Philippi. And as he's writing this, he's actually, he sends this while he is in prison. He sends this letter. You want to talk about taking advantage of a moment? This is a guy taking advantage of a moment that seems to be a horrible moment. And in chapter 2, he actually is focusing on the life of Jesus Christ and how the follower of Christ would actually be known by the same attitude and same things that are happening in Jesus' life. So let's read it together. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He begins with this list of questions. He says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Now, it's one of those times where I misspoke, if you heard it. Any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. 
if we are going to understand that memories come from these individual moments in our lives, we have to understand my awareness of the moment. My awareness of the moment. The first question that Paul writes in this list in verse 1 is, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? And literally, it's the strengthening that comes from Jesus Christ's presence in our lives and his guidance for those who have faith in him. And the truth is, is that if we're going to have this awareness of the moment when we're interacting with other people, of how that moment can become a memory, it's going to be difficult because there are other people involved in the memory. There are some of us in here who would say, but you don't know the people that I have to deal with on a regular basis. It's hard for me to make a memory with those individuals. But we have to have an awareness of the people and what's going on in their lives, not just in our own, when we're in the moment. Knowing that it's this encouragement that comes from the fact that Jesus Christ has experienced the same feelings and even temptations without sinning, that we face. This, he sets this example previously and makes all the difference in our lives. Have you ever found yourself in a moment with people, family specifically, where you just sitting there just under your breath, maybe even out loud, just saying, Jesus, help me? Right? Or that moment where you sit there and go, Jesus, give me strength. Or even you get to the point that you decide that you're just going to quote the great theologian Carrie Underwood and say, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> all right? Like you have those moments. We've all had those moments when we're around people and we don't think about the moment that we're in. We think more about everything else that's happening around the moment. So we just sit there and go, I've just got to get through this. This is the encouragement that comes from having a relationship with Jesus. Is that if Jesus could understand the feelings that we had in those moments, we can have the same response that he had because we have that relationship with him. If he could have that awareness in the moment, we can. He follows that up with another question. And he says, is there any comfort from his love? The Greek word here actually is used, also means persuasion or incentive. So literally that love is the motivating force in a person's life. The incentive to look at the moment is the love that we've experienced from God and that we want to share with other people. The next question was follow the fellowship in the Spirit. This, this joint sharing of the Holy Spirit and the mutual benefits that sharing produces. The same way that the body of Christ has many different parts, as, as Paul wrote in other places in the New Testament, that there are other different parts of the body. Some are hands, some are feet, some are the mouth, some are bigger than others. When it comes to that, I'll put myself in that category. Like there are different body parts, and the, those parts work together. In the same way, our families need to be working toward the same goal, the same mindset, which is imitating Jesus Christ in the process. Not only will this be a new idea for some of us in this room today, we're even sitting there thinking, how can I even do that? Like, how can I actually make that happen? Well, I think it goes to the next question that Paul asks, which is, are your hearts tender and compassionate? You see, love that comes from the depths of your soul and the tender feelings associated with that love, that's the basis of a relationship with somebody. 
Our awareness of the moment should be driven by the love that we have for the others who are in the moment with me. And my awareness of the moment that we're in should be driven by my heart for everyone in the moment. I want to go back to the, the whole Marshall slash marshmallows interaction that my family had. It would have been easy for me to have gotten mad that everyone laughed. And truth be told, in the moment, immediately, that was the first thing that went through my head. Was, how dare y'all laugh at me? You know that I can't speak the way that I used to speak. That I get confused. You know that this happens, and all you can do is belly laugh at me, Hannah. And from the back seat, while this has happened, and even in my mind, I'm sitting there going, Michelle, I know you're holding it in for my sake. Thank you. No, but why y'all are laughing. Why are you doing this? But what I realized is that them laughing wasn't about how they felt about me. I had to start thinking about the good for them in that moment. For me to think that their awareness of the moment should be driven by this, just their thoughts of just me and how that would make me feel. Instead, I had to think about them. My awareness had to be driven by everyone that was in that moment. We were in the midst of this pandemic. We were coming out of this shutdown, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Yes, my health had been a concern, and it was still in the midst of trying to figure out what was going on. We had been doing virtual school. Oh, God help us. Like that, I, y'all, y'all don't understand. Like it's the, Our child is exactly like me and needs like the absolute structure in the moment. Otherwise, she's going to do 3,000 things at once. And it, my mom just said amen down here in the front. That's fantastic. By the way, thank you for that. Uh, no, it's, that's what happens. And it was hard. And, and that was a struggle. It was something that we were not doing well with. Michelle was not working at that, that point. It was hard. What I had to realize is that I had to have this awareness of this moment. And had this awareness of the other people who were in the moment. Yes, I may have felt the way that I did. That yes, I may have been upset in the moment originally. However, was it better for them for me to try to make them feel bad? Or was it better for them for me to say, let's just go with this? And that was a decision that had to be made. Because as our relationships grow, we'll find ourselves looking at the moment with a a different attitude. It becomes less about me and it becomes more about everyone else. That shared attitude is what comes from this depth of relationship with both Christ and others. And this is such a big deal that in verse 2, Paul follows it up by making this plea to wholeheartedly agree with each other and love one another and work together with one mind and purpose so unity is a big deal and that only happens by having awareness of the moment if we're going to create with memories with our family yes we can script some of those and there are times that I think we need to do that but any moment becomes a memory when we have an awareness of the moment let's keep going in verse 3 Paul writes don't be selfish Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. 
I need to think about my awareness of the moment, but I need to think about my actions in the moment. My actions in the moment. The word that's translated here as selfish was used to refer to anyone who was interested only in selfish gain. And when I read this, I found this really interesting because it was used particularly for those who gained political office through illegal manipulation. The word actually kind of conveyed this idea of a party spirit. When I say party spirit, I don't mean that's not what I'm talking about, party, okay? (laughs) Okay. We'll see if that happens again. All right. um, There was this moment. No, instead, it's this party spirit or factionalism. I'm over here. You're over there. You think this way. I think that way. And it's expressed in one's desire to put oneself forward. I can't think of how any of that could apply to a day, to today. Right? How could any of that ever be anything that has to do with understanding and awareness and our actions in the moment? And to the point that I would even so, right, some of us who are sitting there thinking, I didn't think the Bible related to today. There you go. That's right there. But when I started thinking about this, this thought went through my, my mind. Maybe that's why so many negative associations or memories or actions happen when we start to find ourselves in conversations, arguments about politics, religion, sports, sometimes church. Because our actions in the moment shouldn't have to do with what you think and what I think, and I'm right and you're wrong, or I'm right and you have the right to be wrong. Like, it's not that kind of thing. Our actions in the moments have to go back to that awareness of the moment, and it has to be about the other people in the moment with me. My actions create a memory that shouldn't be rooted in division or what I can get out of the moment. Now, this is a really big deal because this brings up this entire concept, this idea of humility. And in the first century, humility was not considered a virtue. As a matter of fact, when that word was used, it was used to describe someone who had a slavish disposition, is what I read, not wrote, all right, slavish disposition or demeanor, which means they lessen themselves so that someone else would be elevated. When Paul uses this word right here, he actually uses it to raise it to the highest pinnacle of spiritual value. Humility was and is the quality of evaluating yourself and others honestly. So I would say that we need to ask this question. Are my actions in the moment about what I think is best or only what I want? Or are they they about what is best for others in the moment with me? Now, there are a lot of people in here, and when you're thinking about looking out for the interest of others, and not just basically for yourself. So you're sitting there going, you, like, like, have you met my child? Yeah, I've met my child too. Like, kids have have a way of not thinking about everybody else in the moment right? But here's what I understand, adults. 
They have to learn that from somewhere. And what I've realized is that the times that my daughter is focusing on her usually comes when I've been focusing on me and what I get out of the moment, what I say and what I do. As a child of God, I should be imitating him, his actions and his attitude. And that's when we look out for the interest of others. All of my actions should be about unity in all areas of life. It would have been really easy for me to have just absolutely lost my mind in the moment when I said, hey, how about we go to marshmallows? And then everyone laughed. It would have been so easy for me to have lost my mind. But what immediately made me think is, if you don't do that, Brian, like I said, the first instinct was actually to get upset. But as I started to think about it, it was like, you know what? We all kind of need a good laugh right now. And if that's making my girls happy, then I'll be the butt of the joke. That was okay. Because in that moment, it was the thing. It wasn't that they were using me as the punchline. I needed to laugh along with it in the the same way. I needed to do that. We needed the good laugh. My response was going to make or break that moment becoming a memory. And I wasn't thinking that, don't get me wrong, like I wasn't sitting there thinking the entire time, you know what, if I respond this way, this is going to become a great memory for our family. No, that wasn't it. In the moment, it was just like, just calm down and not drive the car off the road. That was what I was trying to keep from doing. Instead, actually, the the real thing that came through my mind is that was like, don't say anything else. Like, just keep your mouth shut. And it was just drinking. That was it. It was just thinking about that and then just talking through it and just laughing and having the good good laugh. If everyone is thinking about their best in, the best interest of others who are in the moment with us. That means they're thinking about your best interest too, which means everybody's interests are being considered. The moment just can't be about me and what I get out of it. Especially as, especially as a parent. I've seen how my daughter reacts when I react a certain way. If I come in angry from something, with something, more than likely she's going to become angry. If I walk in and I'm frustrated from something that's been going on throughout the day, she's probably going to become frustrated. If I walk in with a good mood and thinking about what's been happening with their day, my wife and my daughter, she's probably going to respond the same way. That's what we have to do. We have to think about my actions in the moment. Let's keep going with Second Philippians chapter, or excuse me, uh, Philippians two, verse uh, five. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. 
When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." I need to be thinking about my awareness of the moment. I need to be thinking about my actions in the moment. And if I'm going to create memories with my family and others in the moment, I need to think about my attitude toward the moment. In verses 1 through 4, Paul kind of gives this sketch of Jesus Christ's attitude and mindset. Now he's thoroughly describing it for us. As he's talking through this, he may be, It may be that he was urging his readers to kind of activate this mindset. This mindset that was given to them based on a relationship with Jesus. And if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have that same mindset. You just may have to activate it so that it starts to work. Or in some cases, reactivate it. When I read this and started thinking through that thought of activation, what came to mind was a cell phone. If you've ever been given a phone, it's great. If someone just gives you a phone for free, hallelujah. Like, that's that's incredible. Like, everybody got one, you want to give it to me, I'll take it. I'm just saying. Um, No, if someone wants to give you a phone, that's great. But that phone's not activated, it's pointless. If you go purchase a phone, that's great that you have it. It may be the newest version. It may have the latest updates. Everything may be top of the line, but until it's activated, it's not going to operate the way it was created to operate. It powers up, but it won't function the way that it's intended to. That was the attitude that Jesus has. And so for me as a follower of Christ, for you today, if you're sitting there going, my my mindset, my actions in the moment are usually not about other people. And it's not about staying calm. It's about blowing up. And it's about those kind of things. Like, I understand that. I've been there. I get it. I still operate that way at times. But the ability to have the same mindset comes from a relationship with Jesus, and it will change everything. And when I activate this attitude in the moment, what I've learned is that life-changing memories can take place. That night that I replaced marshals with marshmallows became one of the singular greatest memories for our family. I know that that sounds weird, but it is. The reason that it feels that way and the way that I think that way is because my attitude toward the moment had to be completely different. To this point, we laugh whenever we pass a Marshall's store, no matter where it is. And the immediate response whenever we pass it is, you want to go to marshmallows? <laughs> like that every time, that's the response. To the point that if your name is Marshall, and I know that, and I see you in my mind, your name's Marshmallow. I'm just saying. That's what happens now. It's become this, this memory for us. 
We still laugh when we just hear the word marshmallow. Like we did a bonfire with our students back in the fall and we had s'mores. And I could not look at a bag of marshmallows without thinking about this moment because it became such a memory. We all laugh and I love that because that's the kind of memory that I want to have with my family. To the point that last night we were talking, we are going to grab something to eat and these are not, this is not a typical conversation that we have with our fifth grader, by the way. She starts asking us about what's going on in Ukraine. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know where you got this from, but you are much smarter than me if you're asking me these questions. We started to talk, and then she, we to talk, and then somehow I get in this conversation about how Russia was a part of something called the Soviet Union, and it was kind of split up, and she went at the end of the Cold War. And I went, what? And I was like, Yes, actually, all of that happened as a result. She was like, yes, so that happened. I said, yes, it happened as a result. And I actually said it just now if you didn't hear it. I didn't say cold war. I said cold wear. And then everybody got quiet and looked. And I was like, did I just say it wrong? Yeah, I think I said it wrong. And then I went cold wear. I was trying to say cold war again. It still came out cold wear to the point that they looked at me. Both of them started laughing. I started laughing. And what was the response that I got from the back seat? (laughs) Marshmallows. That was it. That's what it became. That has become such a memory for our family. And it happened in the most meaning, seemingly meaningless moment. Don't think that everything has to be scripted. Don't think that you have to spend a ton of money on the moment. Don't think that you have to make everyone jealous with what you're doing in the moment. Don't think that all of those things have to be planned out. Just focus on your awareness of the moment, your actions in the moment, and your attitude toward the moment. And I can tell you this. You will start finding memories that happen that you don't even think about again. But there will be times that not only will those memories make you think about a great moment with your family. In this case, every time I hear it or every time I talk about it, I think about how God how good he's been to us in the last two years. Of what he's done in our family, what he's done in me personally, what he's done for our nation, what he's done across the world, all because the seemingly random moment that happened was taken advantage of and it became a memory. A memory that continues to shape and pour into our relationships with each other. The same way that the memory of what Jesus Christ has done for me and how he's changed my life pours into me and other relationships that I'm in. So as we leave today, I want you to I want to challenge you with something. I want you to face every moment with the belief that it may become a memory. And that's going to require the awareness of the moment, 
how you act in the moment and the attitude that you have toward the moment. You may not have your own marshmallow moment. But what I can tell you is that you will find others that will be just as significant to you and your family as that one is to us. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes as we wrap up today and, and we pray. Maybe some of us are sitting in here to going, hey, like, Pastor Brian, the, my relationships are, are struggling. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, I needed to hear this. I need to have this change in my awareness and my action and my attitude. just about having that mindset where it's not about you it's not about me but it's about everyone else in the moment and what they're experiencing as well or maybe you're here today and you're saying I'm missing the one relationship that is the most important for all of this to happen and today you've started to recognize that, wait a minute, if it's about this relationship with Jesus, then how does that happen? Maybe you just need to have an awareness of what Jesus did for you. The moment that he stepped out of heaven, the moment that he was born as a baby, the moment that he lived a sinless life so that he could be a perfect sacrifice leading to the moment that he died on a cross so that you could have freedom from your sin. And then the moment that he rose again so he would demonstrate that he had that kind of power. Not just the awareness of that, but thinking about the action that Jesus took for you when he rose to claim victory over sin and death. The day, maybe your attitude needs to change toward that moment. Maybe you've never experienced that moment and you want to experience that relationship. And you're ready to experience that moment to the point where it doesn't just become a memory for next year or two years down the road, but it becomes a literal moment for eternity. So God, today I pray for those who are here and don't know you and as they're listening to this what keeps coming back to their mind is how much you love them that what you came to do that what you you, you just coming to earth wasn't about you it was about us that you demonstrated that For those who want to begin that relationship with you today, I pray that it moves from that awareness, but it moves toward action. And asking you to forgive them of their sins today.
to save them, change them, make them, turn into something new. Based on what you've done for us in the moment. And God, for all of us today, I pray that we'll walk out of here with a new awareness of every moment that passes not knowing whether it has the potential to become a memory or not, but having this moment, this, this awareness that it, it can. And then our actions won't be about us, but it'll be about everyone involved in the memory and in the moment. And God, that our attitude will change from how it makes us feel to how it makes us feel. Thank you for that reminder today. I pray that this will be something that we can take with us and put into action as soon as we walk out of the door. Because no moment is meaningless. There is no random moment. You give them to us so that we can take advantage of them and that we can experience you and your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray.